Welcome to the Dog Aggression Answers Podcast. I'm Scott Schaefer, your host from USA Dog Behavior. It seems that almost everyone asks me what the best kind of dog collar is for their reactive or aggressive dog. And let me just tell you right up front here, there is no leash or collar or combo that's going to fix this, but picking the right tool will help you in the overall treatment. Today's episode, we titled Mastering Leash Control, the best collars for aggressive and reactive dogs. I'm going to rank eight of the most common types of dog collars, and believe me, there are a million, but I'm gonna pick the top eight. I'm gonna rank them from my least recommended to my favorite, with pros and cons of each. Stay tuned. Before we begin, I want to remind you that you can leave me a voicemail message by simply going to usadogbehavior.com and clicking on the podcast tab. You'll see a button in the upper right-hand corner that you can click on, and it will record your voice and send it to me. It's really pretty great how that works. You can leave comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes, which I really love when people do that. I may include your voice recording in a future episode and comment on it, so that would be great. Now on to today's topic. Humane and effective leash control of your dog is the first thing you need to establish before you start behavior modification with your aggressive or reactive dog. And the reason for that is most behavior modification exercises are done on a leash or with a leash. I tell my clients that adequate leash skills with their dog is a prerequisite before we start behavior modification exercises. Picking the right collar for your dog is an important part of this. I love how I just sounded on that. That was very Texan, wasn't it? Picking, not picking, but picking. Don't make fun of me. For a number of reasons, just getting a modest amount of leash control of your dog will provide some help with your dog's aggression or reactivity and provide a foundation for behavior modification. Let's think about what I just said. Before we even start behavior modification exercises, just getting humane and good leash control of your dog will provide a little bit of relief from your dog's aggression and reactivity. I'm going to talk more about that in a sec. There's one thing to know about dog behavior. There are rarely any super simple fixes for any dog behavior issue. I know. I know what you're thinking. You've seen on the internet about all kinds of quick remedies to all kinds of dog behavior problems, including aggression and reactivity and leash control. And the truth is, if there was a quick and good remedy to these things, I wouldn't have a job. And I would love that, by the way. I would absolutely love if behaviors were not required and aggression and reactivity was not an issue with dogs. Because I really love dogs. And because it's always a fear issue, I always feel sorry for the dog. And I think so many people misunderstand them. But the fact is, there are no quickie little answers. It just is not realistic. But you have noticed that most of these solutions are, and I love this, in quotes, until now, or not known until now, or unknown until now kind of solutions. And lucky for you, you are now going to find out what they are for only $49.99, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
again. And fortunately, in the real world, problematic dog behaviors are rarely that simple to address, if ever. Now on to the real world of dog behavior. I'm going to review and grade the eight most common types of dog collars and comment on how effective and humane they are, in my opinion. And I'll provide the pros and cons of each. I'll start with the least effective, number eight, and work toward an end with the most effective. It's going to be a countdown. One of the key variables in my review is how humane these collars are. Punishing types of collars lose points fast with Scott. Let me just tell you that. Please remember, there are an infinite number of dog collar types. I'm going to review the most common types of collars, common eight types. All right, let's start with number eight. And you could probably guess what this one is. Shock collar. Yeah, you can only imagine how much I love those. That's why it's ranked number eight. Shock collars are also referred to, and I love this, as e-collars. Doesn't that sound so much more benign? Yeah, electronic collars. In order to hide the fact that they shock and hurt dogs, e-collar just sounds less brutal, doesn't it? This kind of collar has so many problems that I could quite literally write a book about them. Here are some of the big issues. Here are some key points. They frequently cause new and more serious behavior issues in the long run, such as aggression or increased aggression. We cover this in quite a lot of detail in other episodes. Next, they are dependent on the dog owner to have perfect timing when shocking the dog, which is almost impossible for the average dog owner. Next thing, dogs almost always desensitize to them so stronger and stronger levels of shock are required, which only makes things worse, as you can guess. And they only treat the symptom, that being aggression or reactivity, and almost always make the core issue worse. And the core issue, as we know, if you've been listening to this podcast series, is fear. Finally, and this is the biggest one, just sums it all up, they are inhumane. My grade, they get a big F, big fox. Uh, don't love them. Number seven, which is only slightly better than a shock collar, and really just for one reason, I'll tell you that in a second, and that's the prong collar. These are collars that have prongs on the inside that essentially stab, or they do stab, the dog's neck when the dog pulls. About the only thing prong collars have over shock collars is they don't have any timing component in their use from the dog owner or the handler. The problems with this type of collar are almost exactly the same as with shock collars we talked about earlier. Here are the main takeaways. They can cause new and more serious behavior issues. Dogs acclimate to them also, so stronger and stronger levels of prong penetration or jerking the leash is required. In other words, they hurt the dog just like shock collars, but in a different way. And they too are, of course, inhumane. I give them an F+. I give it an F plus only because it very slightly is better than a shock collar because of that timing component, but not much. Number six, coming in at number six is the choke collar. These collars are normally made out of chain, we've all seen these, and constrict when the dog pulls. There's no electricity and there's no prongs, just a chain that tightens, unlimited, in an unlimited way. So they can really choke a dog out. They essentially choke the dog with no limits is what I'm trying to say. While not as bad as shock or prong collars for sure, 
They are still painful and can be damaging to the dog's trachea. The issues with this type of collar are, here are the core features. They also cause new and more serious behavior issues because it's punishment-based. And just like with shock and prong collars, dogs almost always desensitize to them, so stronger and stronger levels of choking are required, possibly harming a dog, and again, specifically the trachea. They are inhumane, but not as much as shock and prong collars are. That's for sure. I give them a D, a dog. Number five is a tie. And that's between two types of body harnesses, a top-attached body harness where the leash is attached to the top of the dog, and then a front attach where the leash is attached in the dog's forechest, which is just underneath the dog's head in the front. These are harnesses that wrap around the dog's body at multiple points in the chest and front of the dog. Similar to harnesses, and this is a good way to explain them, it's similar to harnesses used in dog sledding. The leash is either attached to the front of the harness, as we mentioned, at the dog's forechest, that's the front attached type, or on the top of the dog, the top attached type. Some do both. These are especially ineffective for large dogs. Boy, that is the truth. And the way I like to tell this to clients is, you don't ever see a body harness on a horse, okay? You just have to have some head control. There's just no way you would control a horse with a body harness kind of arrangement. It's always got to have some head control. And the larger the dog is, the more necessary some type of head control is. The front attached body harness type always, and I mean always, like 100% of the time, gets pulled to the side of the dog, which cancels the advertised method of action. So the thought on these front attached harnesses is, well, I'm going to attach the leash to the dog's forechest. That's the area right underneath the dog's neck. And when he pulls, it'll pull the dog around either right or left, and that will be annoying, and so the dog won't pull anymore. Well, that sounds great in theory, but what happens in 100% of the cases is this body harness shifts to the right or to the left, so you have almost zero left and right pulling to the dog when the dog pulls. So it just doesn't work. And what ends up happening is the whole body harness is just a big mess. It's all shifted to the right of the dog or to the left. It's all bunched up. It's just a big mess. Head and neck control are essential concepts when controlling a dog. And these types of harnesses just don't provide it. They aren't all bad, but there's a lot not to like about them. Let me give you some key points. They do little to help to control the dog, especially larger dogs, as we mentioned. Despite what you may hear, Dogs can and do escape from these. Really important point. In many cases, they increase pooling for a number of reasons. Think about it. There's a reason that dog sleds use harnesses. They work great for pooling. And finally, they are, and this is important, at least humane. They are at least humane. I'm giving them a C, Charlie. Going to give them a C. Number three, head halter. If you've never used one before, you've probably seen them out in public, people walking their dogs. Many people think they're muzzles, but they aren't. They act very much like a horse's halter, but don't confuse that with a horse's bit and bridle, a halter. They work by attaching the leash around the dog's muzzle gently. 
They pull the dog's head sideways when the dog pulls, and this is very annoying to the dog and, as a result, can be an effective tool to gain control. So it's kind of hard to visualize if you've never seen one, but it's a strap essentially that goes around the dog's muzzle, loosely fitted, and the leash attaches to the bottom, right underneath their bottom jaw. And so when the dog pulls, it pulls their head around or pulls their jaw around. And that's annoying to the dog, and so they stop pulling. These do not slip off. They're pretty good about staying in position and all that stuff, as opposed to the body harness. A popular brand of these is the Gentle Leader, although I highly prefer the Coastal Walk and Train version. Coastal Walk and Train. I do not own stock in that company or anything like that. I've just used a thousand of these things, and that's the one I think works the best for a number of reasons. Here are some of the attributes of this kind of collar. So here we have some important aspects here. Dogs almost immediately stop pulling when using these. They're very effective and right away. There is an acclimation period, however, for the dog and owner. Many dogs don't care for these too much, but most do pretty well. They acclimate fairly quickly, but there is a period. They can and do come off the dog, not real commonly, especially with the better ones, but they can come off, so keep that in mind. They are humane, especially the one that I recommend. Not 100% of dogs will tolerate them, but most do. Proper adjustment can be tricky. That is so true. There's a collar adjustment on them, and then there's an adjustment for the muzzle, and they both got to be pretty, pretty good, done pretty well, especially the one around the muzzle. And this, here's an important point. While they stop pulling, when they are discontinued, in other words, when you go back to a regular collar, dogs almost always start pulling again. It's a great tool as long as you have the tool on, but it's not really a training tool. I've really seen this over and over and over again. They give the dog owner a lot of control, but only when the dog is using the head halter or head collar. There are some tools out there. One is called the clipper leash that will help transition off the head halter onto a regular neck collar. I'm giving these a B plus, a Bravo plus. I recommend these all the time to clients, especially for older clients or those clients with physical limitations. This is a real game changer for that population. You have a larger dog who has some aggression and reactivity issues. We've got to get some leash control. These really work great for that. That's one of my key, uh, key targets for these kind of collars. Number two, coming in at number two, the Martingale collar. This is actually a combination or hybrid collar. It's a standard old school flat collar, but also includes some humane components of a choke collar. So it's a flat collar and a choke collar combined. They're essentially just a standard collar that has a limited amount of tightening when the dog pulls. So what's touching the dog's neck is just a standard collar, cotton or nylon or leather. So that's all that's touching the dog's neck, the front of the neck. The back has a secondary loop that cinches it up a little bit up to a point and exaggerates the tension. And let's talk about some of the features of this Martingale collar. Here are the primary advantages. The limited and gentle tightening can act as a reminder to the dog not to pull. It exaggerates the pressure on the dog's neck, as we just mentioned. Next point, they are humane 
if properly adjusted. That's the thing. They're really very humane, but they're really always humane, in my opinion, but they're more humane if they're adjusted properly. That's really key. Dogs that have small heads relative to their neck size, like greyhounds, can sometimes back out of collars. In other words, if they become panicky or reactive, they may move backwards away from the owner or the handler and the collar comes over the dog's head. This is not good, especially if you have a human aggressive dog. This helps prevent that from happening. It's very effective. And a lot of people think, and I guess it's true, is that is the genesis of these collars is for dogs like this. If I'm working with a significantly human aggressive dog, I frequently use or even mandate these just to ensure the dog can't get out of their collar. And lastly, as we've been mentioning on some of the other leashes, this one is no different in that proper adjustment can be tricky. I find that most of these collars are improperly adjusted by owners and just almost 100% of them are improperly adjusted. Either they're way too loose and have limited effect or they're too tight and, and choke the dog too much. I'm going to give these an A minus, an apple minus. I recommend these all the time to clients. Now we're coming into the home stretch. Thanks for hanging in here. Number one, the winner, standard flat collar. Just the old school flat collar. It just wraps around the dog's neck. It's wide and it clasps in the back. It's my favorite type of collar. It's funny, I've worked with a lot of dogs over many years. And it's funny that I keep coming back to this type of collar. And so many clients come in with all kinds of, you can't even imagine, all kinds of collars looking for that quick fix, of which there is none, and we've talked about it before. And they want to believe there's some magic collar out there, but there's not. And they're almost disappointed, as you probably are right now, want to say, hey, the standard flat collar is the way to go. But once I show them the proper technique with the flat collar and all the behavioral benefits, in other words, it doesn't make the dog more fearful, they become believers in just about 100% of my clients. This is simply just an old school flat collar that I'm talking about made out of nylon, cotton, or leather. Essentially the same type of collar that we've been using on dogs for hundreds of years. I recommend a flat collar with a belt buckle type of class, like would be on like on a man's belt buckle with the little pin that goes through the holes because they are easily adjustable, super easily adjustable, and they don't ever slip. Really a key point there. You are probably asking, so what makes this kind of collar so great? It's not the collar. Well, it kind of is. The collar doesn't and hurt the dog, but it's the handler, the person managing the leash that makes the difference. Proper technique and training are the key. And really, when I say proper technique and training are the key, I mean for the dog and the owner. The best parts about this type of collar are that they can provide both permanent solutions. There's no issue with when we stop using it, the dog starts pulling again. If we train to this collar, it's humane and it's permanent, what you've trained. Nothing's going to stop happening. And also, as I just mentioned, they are humane. They are 100% humane. I love them for that reason. The other collars that we've been talking about, they can't claim this. They can't claim those two things. You may also ask, 
why more people don't recommend flat collars for pooling problems. Well, for one, there's nothing to sell, right? And the other is patience is the problem. Not patience from the dog, of course, but from the dog owner. And here's why I prefer this kind of collar. Here are the main benefits. Hang in there with me. They are absolutely humane. You know that's a big thing with me. They provide good control when proper technique is used consistently by the handler. More on that in a bit. I'm going to give you some help on that in just a second. Easy to put on and take off. It's a big thing. It's so nice. Easy on, easy off. Grooming, that kind of thing. So nice. They can remain on the dog all the time with the dog's tags. There's no acclimation period for dog or the dog owner with this kind of collar. Even puppies can tolerate this pretty quickly the first time they even have one put on their neck. And it can provide a permanent solution to pooling when proper and humane dog training methods are used. And they are super easy to adjust, as well as take on and off. I'm giving these a grade of A+, Apple+. Plus. I highly recommend these to clients. There is no magic dog collar that will give you a humane, instant, and automatic control over your aggressive or reactive dog. Believe me when I say this, I've worked with a lot of dogs and dog owners over the years, and I've seen all the leashes and collars that are on this planet, I think. There's no magic here. I wish there was, but there's not. It just takes some work to get good control of your dog on the leash. I want to encourage you to work on this with your aggressive or reactive dog. To that end, I've included a link in the show notes in the description for the podcast episode that will take you to a free video on proper leash technique with all sizes of dogs. There are a number of tips and techniques that will help you get your dog under control on the leash using one of the humane collars we've talked about in this episode. This video is not very long, and it goes over exactly what I teach my clients. Now, in person, I'm doing more detail, of course, and customizing it, but it's essentially what I'm teaching my clients prior to when they start working on behavior modification exercises for their dog. Thanks for tuning into Dog Aggression Answers Podcast. For more tips and insights like the collars we've talked about today, head over to usadogbehavior.com, who is sponsoring this podcast, where we have a lot of training content for you. Most of it's free too, by the way. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes on handling dog aggression and reactivity. If you like this information, it's been helpful, please leave me a review. That always helps get more people listening to these and get more eyes on the podcast. And just to remind you again, because I love to hear from you, you can leave me a voicemail message by going to usadogbehavior.com and clicking on the podcast tab. You'll see a button up there in the uh, right-hand side that'll let you do that. Leave your comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, work on those leash skills with your dog. Stay tuned.